Well, I've been been being encouraged for a while to speak uh, on this topic that I spoke on years and years and years ago, and I always kind of mm, I'm not sure if I should do that. And and um, as this week went on, and various things that I've done throughout this week, I, I actually felt like the Lord was telling me that this is what He wanted me to do. This message is something I preached oh seven years ago, and. Actually, as I think about it, I can't quite remember seven weeks ago. Seriously, seven days ago. I was trying to think, what did I preach last Sunday? It's not that I don't pay attention to them. I go for them. I ask God about them. But I'm like trying to think, what did I preach last Sunday? And so, even as we look at the Word of God and we open it up, there's Matthew, there's Mark, there's Luke, and there's John. They're pretty much all saying the same thing. So, I believe we tend to forget very quickly and easily. And, and so I believe that this is what God would have us to do this morning to remind you of a great lesson that He has for us as we look at this. A little bit of an unusual title. The title of this morning's message is Honk! Honk! I received this seven years ago. I don't know if you can see it out there. It's kind of small. It says Honk! And a picture of a geese. Are you here that sent me this? I have no idea who sent me. I kept it for like seven years. So either they are sick or they hated the message and left. One of the other. are <laughs> still not here. I've still been trying to find this out for seven years. Oh, well, maybe I'll get another one of these and won't know who. All right, you ready to go before the Lord? Where's Daryl Clark? Daryl, you were here. Okay, would you take us before the Lord, Daryl, please? Amen. You may be seated. You know, there are some powerful things in life, one being unity. We can become united with one cause, and that doesn't mean that we all root for the same team, all drive the same car, and all like the same color. No, the, the unity in this situation is being in harmony, that we love the Lord Jesus Christ, and that this is our cause, is to further the kingdom of God and see what we can do for God. Mixed with that is love. The love for God and how, how God pours His love into us and then we can start having love for one another. It's absolutely amazing what we can do and what the enemy attempts to do all the time to a body like this all the time, never takes time off, never stops, even trying to do it today, is to cause division. Is to cause it. Is to cause disharmony and division and to lose the unity and to lose the strength that coming together. You can see it all through our nation. I believe that the the uh, silliness of, of the, the race division is silly. It's absolutely silly. You can see how, how the enemy has divided us. Uh, whether you're an Asian or whether you're uh, an African American, whatever it is, he has de divided us and has caused us to be so weak because of that. I mean, it's it's crazy. We all bleed red blood and that's we're all from that it's, it's amazing how he has divided us and it has fallen over now into churches i'm a baptist i'm a presbyterian so this division and all that stuff is constantly being spread and sown among us by the enemy by the end to keep us um off to ourselves and or keep us into that loner state or into caves or constant bickering and division among us therefore we become weak and frail and crumble we do. So be aware of that. It happens all the time. This message is to attack that. Now listen, 1 Corinthians 1.10 says this. Look at these first few words. I beseech you. 
That beseech is a powerful word. I beg you. I implore you. Listen. I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking to Christians, to believers. I beseech you, brethren. I implore you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you but that you are perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. God is uh, encouraging us to have the same mind, the same thoughts, the same ideas, which is the Word of God. Not to be divided because He knows that the enemy constantly wants to divide. And if He does divide us, then we become weak. Verse 11 says, For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now look, you can live alone in a cave somewhere in Timbuktu and still have divisions. You can because most of us don't like ourselves. So to think, what divisions? It just happens. It's just the way it is. We have divisions even by our own selves. And so Paul is declaring us through the Spirit of God. He knows that this stuff will happen among us. He says, now this I say that every one of you says, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, and I am of... Here's what's happening. They're starting to split up it. Oh, I like Paul better. And I like Apollo better. When the idea is they're, they're all useless. They're all nothing without Christ. And so we can get off into that even here. When different people speak, they're speaking the Word of God, preaching about the same Christ. It shouldn't matter what face or voice it comes from. Verse 13 says, Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So we're looking at the value of a church family working together. Working together. And the enemy constantly is attempting. Constantly attempting to divide us. He loves scattering the flock and the sheep. We become weak. We become weaker in a state of weakness when we are scattered in division. He loves to get you alone. Absolutely alone. Look what it says in Proverbs 11.14. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. You cannot be alone and just trust yourself in your own wisdom. At times, things get so huge, you get so spun around. The old saying says you can't see the trees through the forest. And so you've got to have godly counsel around you to be able to speak life into you and give you the wisdom that you need. And so Paul Proverbs warns us, where there is no counsel, where there is no godly wisdom, you're going to fall. Colossians 2.2, listen to these words. That their hearts may be confirmed. Comforted, comforted, being, listen, knit together. Knit together. It's amazing what God does. It's amazing how He can knit strangers together that lived in different states and yet through the handiwork of God they come across each other and they end up being knit together closer than family. It's amazing what God does. And this is what He wrote. This is one of His Witnessing tolls that are supposed to be drawing other together the love we have for one another and for Him. Being knit together in love. 
and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God. In other words, he's saying we are knit together. Margie and I are knit together as brother and sister having a full understanding of that mystery of being born again by Christ and having the knowledge of God. It knits us together. Colossians 2.19 says, and not holding fast to the head from whom all the body, that's you and I, all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. We are, it's impossible for us to function alone. This is God ordained. God ordained. Nothing is finer than a church when it's running on all its cylinders. Just like those big powerful muscle cars. When you start them things up, and you hit it, man, it just goes. And there's nothing worse when you have a car like that with all that power and all that looks. Just a gurgling and pumping there when you hit it and it goes, and so God is telling us when we are knit together and we are aware of the enemy's devices and we stay together, man, there's nothing more powerful than a church running on old cylinders, being united in love with God and another. And the enemy's first thing is, we can't have that. And so he starts throwing his seed of discord anywhere. He don't care how he does it, in which way, which avenue, just so something happens to that. What? Ephesians 4.16 says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Every part has an effectual working, a measure that it must do. Maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Same verse, New American Standard says, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies. Every joint supplies. Held together by every joint according to the proper working of each individual part. Listen to what it says next. It causes, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Just take natural things, sad things. When a person's body or something, one part of it keeps growing and the other part does not. It's deformed. Life becomes so impossible and difficult for that person. And that's what God is saying here. Being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies. According to the proper working of each individual part, it causes all the parts and all the joints and all the nourishment from Christ it causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Every one of us. This is supernatural. Fitly are fitted together. It means to join closely together. Closely together. Compact. It means to unite or knit together in affection. You actually love each other. So you should be starting to understand why the enemy tries to rip us apart all the time, constantly attempts to rip the body apart through any means. Lots of times it's through doctrine or just disturbances or just dislikes. Little things. The enemy of the church is constantly trying to keep the church out of joint. Now, some of you have had various situations in life where something comes out of joint. Uh, maybe your toe, a big toe. 
Maybe your thumb or a finger, you'll see football players going off with their arms. The next thing they're, they're doing this and that, and they're putting everything back in joint. They don't turn them around and say, you'll be all right. He goes back out like this. Impossible. Impossible. And so it is with us. When we become out of joint, you are fitly framed together, knitted together by the hand of God. Not you. Not me. You know what I mean? Knitting you. It's so painful when things are out of joint. Even when it's a thumb, you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then they pull it to put it back in because it, it's out of joint. It's like this and they got to pull it off. And that's what God does to us. Sometimes we go through some horrible things because we've let the enemy get us out of joint. First Corinthians 12, 12 says this, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. Here, listen, how many times have we heard this? Look, it's my life. I'm not hurting anybody. This proves that that's not true. Even here, all being born again, let's say. And coming here for whatever reason, feel like you belong. This is where God wants you. And all of a sudden, mm, I'm not doing what I want. I ain't hurting anybody. I'm just, no, you are. You're hurting all of us. All of us now start doing this. Because for whatever reason, you're the knee and you decided, No. I didn't get to sing that song. I didn't get to do this. He didn't pick me. He don't like. And all of a sudden, we're all walking like this when we could be going like this. And we say, I don't hurt nobody. It's not true. God just points it out right there. It's not true. I don't want to ever go to surgery. I don't want to ever go. I don't want to ever, ever go. But if something goes haywire, then I got to go. Something in here, you know how they do it. Well, we're going to take the appendix out anyway. We're going to take it out. While we're in there, we're taking it out. I'm going, oh, hold up. No, you're not. Well, we don't know what it's doing. We don't know. I don't know what it is either, but God gave it to me, so leave it alone. Everything. I don't know what it does. I don't care if man doesn't know. Leave it alone. Unless it's on its last gap, it's going, and it's got to come out fine, but leave it alone. Don't just take stuff out. Every joint. Don't just take stuff out because I don't like Lenny. Wish you wouldn't come here. Get out. I don't know what he's doing inside my body, how he's helping us, keeping us pure, purifying. I don't know what his job is in here. Every joint, and some of you joints that are a pain, it's not because God put a faulty joint in there. It's because we become faulty and we become pains. For by one Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Holy Spirit. One Spirit, all baptized, whether Jew or Greek, whether slaves or free. We have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in, in, in fact, the body is not one member, but many. That proves it. It's many, many members right here. Look at them all. Oh my gosh, look at them. Well, supposedly, according to man, inside of me is enough veins to lay them out one by one to California. Are you kidding me? Many. And it's the enemy's job to stop it, to not let it work, not let it... Uh, function like it should if he can lock up a shoulder man we're done we can hardly use our fingers our hands our joints all these people everything that has something to do in the body can't <clears throat> so it's the enemy's job to constantly keep us divided and ripped in pieces and parts and we know this these verses wonderfully and sometimes too wonderfully because soon as we start hearing them we, we just block them out we know it but we don't simply says in verse 15, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Is that true? In other words, if you being the foot saying, well, I don't know, like me, I'm not part of this body. 
Is that true? That the foot, my foot, is not part of this body, even though it says that? I don't like anybody knowing. Is it true that it's not a part of my body? That's what that's saying. Now, it's so silly if I do that, right? It's not a part of my... It is. Obviously it is. And so it's the same with you. Obviously it is. Yes, you're a part. I was being knit together by the hand of God in my mother's womb. I wasn't looking at all these parts and saying, oh, that's a foot. I'll make that an elbow. I'll make that. It was done in the secret parts, but God did it, knit it together. That's what He does here. I'm not doing it. If the foot I had no longer works and never wants to work, sooner or later God's going to cut it off and He's going to give this body another foot. So I can go. But God brings them. The enemy attempts to rip them up and divide them and keep us divided. We're going to get to the home. It takes a little while. In fact, we're just about there. So it says in the Scripture, this is hilarious, but just think of it. Verse 17 says, if the whole body were an eye. How'd you like that? How'd you like to go out with an eye? This is your blind date. <laughs> I didn't think of that until that moment. <laughs> but I, I just want to go out with an eye. Who wants that? Just an eye, hello? Just an eye. Well, how ridiculous. Well, God says the same thing in this body here. If the whole body were an eye, would there be any hearing? If the whole body were hearing, would there be any smelling? You need the whole body. I need the whole body to function. God needs it. Whoever functions in any capacity at all in this church and they all quit, we'd be paralyzed. We would be paralyzed. And that's the enemy's job. That's what he wants to do to us. Now, here we go. This is the lesson that we're going to learn. Some of you might have heard this, probably forgot. You'll need to be reminded. And it's a lesson from geese. Geese. That's where the home comes in. You probably won't be able to get to see this. In the fall, normally, when you see geese heading south for the winter, they're always flying in that V formation. Now, they do this stuff because that's how God wired them. God wired them. They didn't sit around some geese convention and say, hey, you guys want to fly. God wired them that way. And so they just take off, okay? But man has can learn some things. They learn some ministering, ministering uh, facts about the geese and why they fly that way. Fact number one. Now you're going to parallel this with us as a body and what we can do for God and what we can't do for God. This is the idea. Fact number one. As each goose flaps its wings, it creates an uplift. An uplift for the birds that follow. By flying in a V formation, the whole flock, listen to this, the whole congregation, the whole flock adds 71% greater flying range than if each bird flew by itself. 71%. I, I don't know what that is as far as math and this. This is uh, Phil by himself. And here's the rest of us. 71%. Much more than we could do than just flying by yourself. When God says, make it an effort to be united in the love of God, because it will take us further in God than we ever could by ourselves. And yet the enemy goes, no, 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 we can't have this. We can't have this. Don't let them get together. Don't let them form that V. Because they'll get so much done for God. 71%. You loners. You're the ones. And I used to be a gold medalist in loners. 
It's the way, I don't know, the bad side of me, I suppose. The only good side's God, but I'm not one that needs 959 friends. It just, and God has constantly, listen to me, loners, God is constantly going like this, get out of that cave. And I'll go, okay. And, I'm like, and after a while, I'll go, and God's got to constantly keep pulling, pulling me out. Just the way, the way it is, the way some of us are. But you cannot be a loner in this. God will not permit you to be a loner in this. In fact, God always prompts me and tells me by faith, you get out there and do stuff that seems to come natural for my wife. Natural. Hello, hello, hug, hug, hello, hello, hug, 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 hello, hello. Through the whole congregation. And God's telling me, get out there. And I'll go, hi. But it's by faith. I'm trying to be obedient to God. A lot of you are like that. And you're ruining our formation. And you're causing us to not get to where we're supposed to be. Even myself. And so I do it by faith for the cause of Christ. For the cause of God. The lesson in this, it says people share a common direction and sense of unity can get where they are going quicker and easier because they are traveling on the fire of one another. All of us. Margie's out front just pumped for God. She can drag us with her lots of times with the uplift. Fire begets fire. Man, geese are all around sometimes. It takes no time for them to get, get in that V formation. There's not one up there flying like this going, I don't know if I went in that V. They just go for it. And if they're so huge, you'll see a, a number of V formations. Listen to this. Leviticus says this in 26.8, And five of you shall chase a hundred. So five of us battling. So that means I can chase 20. Bruce can chase 20. Philip 20. Kim 20. Bob 20. And there's the hundred. We can chase them. Look what it says. A hundred of us shall put 10,000 to flight. So that means my one to 20 goes one to a hundred. All of a sudden, a hundred together. And the enemy's going, we can't have this. Don't let them get together. Do something, anything. Stop it. Look at the Word of God. Five of you chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight, and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. Five. A hundred. A hundred of us. One chases 20 with five. One chases a hundred with a thousand. Psalms 133.1 says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I mean, sheep, I, I don't know nothing about sheep. You ask Daryl, he's used to farming, maybe he still does. But to me, sheep are about the dumbest thing around. We hear this, we have it on our lap, we have it on screens. It can be preached about, it can be re-preached about seven years later, and we still fall for it all the time. Pat Mahawk, don't like it, he don't like it. He don't even know what's going on. It just causes this division, and it just starts slowing the whole cause of God down. Instant. Samuel said this, 1 Samuel 17, 25. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up? And he, it shall be that the man who killeth the king will enrich him and give him great riches. Now we know this is the story of Goliath when he comes up and he just screams these horrible things. And there are things being screamed all through our nation. We're not a Christian nation, we heard. Cancellation of our National Day of Prayer. All these dumb laws that are being passed and the church seems to be tripping over itself. Can't get out of the way of itself. Shooting itself in the foot. 
Goliath spewing all these things about us. And David finally rises up and at the end he says, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason to put down your own issues and get in that V? Is there not a cause? Is what David is saying. What? What are you mad at me for? Is there not a cause? Is that not amazing as each goose flaps its wings, the updraft of the V can go 71% further than one. God says in Psalms, I think it's Psalm 68 or 69, somewhere around there, God puts the solitary, God puts the loner in a family. You're, we're out there flying. This is a new hope. V formation, all of a sudden you get right with God and you're going to go, you're going to get right in that. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what God says to do. It doesn't even matter who the head goose is. You'll see that in a minute. Fact two, when a goose falls out of formation, happens all the time here. It's like revolving doors. When the goose falls out of formation, it suddenly feels the drag and resistance of flying alone. This is what the goose does. It quickly moves back into formation to take advantage of the lifting power of the bird immediately in front of it. We don't do that when you're in this formation for whatever reason. You don't think I like you. Someone doesn't like you. We all don't like you. No one like whatever. All of a sudden you decide to peel off. And all of a sudden you get hit with the drag. And the natural geese right away get back in that. They're back in that drag. All you NASCAR people, you get out. You look at it. The big race is coming. Man, there'll be... And some guy will say he's going to make his move. He hopes people come with him to make his move for the front. And he barrels down. And no one comes. He's in second. He'll be in 38th in minutes, seconds. The wall will go by him. Because he hits the drag. And he goes way back. And when people leave for whatever dumb reason... You don't get back in line quick. It's almost hopeless. It is. It is. You miss out on what God's saying to us. You miss out on the theme that God is trying to do with us. Whatever it is, you start missing, you start missing, you start missing, you start missing, you start missing. You miss the messages, messages, the messages. I know some of you were sick. Probably some of you had to work and you couldn't go to that sweetheart banquet. But it was absolutely awesome, the testimony we had and how they ended that testimony. Unbelievable. And I, there's nothing I can... How We didn't video it. And if we did, you wouldn't have still fit a tape. Still, you just missed it. For whatever reason. That's what happens when we fall out of formation. Hebrews tell us, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And wonder if not the loners and people that should be here now to hear that. And they're not. Because for whatever reason, they got bumped out, moved out, mad out, boom, boom, the dragon. And now they're missing. They're missing it all. James tells us, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Man, we have any sense at all as much as a geese. We need to stay in formation, even when things are horrible. Even when they're horrible, just stay in formation. Just say, God, I don't know what's going on. Everything seems hard. Just stay in formation. Trust God. Flap by faith. Seriously. Don't all of a sudden start leaning. No, I don't, I don't like this. 
You lean on your own when God tells you what? Don't! Don't lean on your own understanding. Flap by faith. Bible also tells us in Ephesians, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Here it is. This is suggesting that anger can be prevented from uh, degenerating into sin. It can. Anger can be prevented from degenerating into sin if a strict time, time limit is given to it. If a strict time limit is placed on it, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Sometimes we get ticked off. Sometimes we get mad. Sometimes we, we find it out. But don't let it go down on your wrath. Get back in line by faith and obedience to God. To be nothing else. It's not well. Yeah, when they come back and find me, or when they they honk my way, when they give me the, just get back in line. And let God be God. The devil's work is to choose and divide the family of God, and keep us from getting seventy-one percent further than we should. To keep us, that's the reason he could care less about you. He wants to sow discord among us all the time and everything. When we harbor anger in our hearts, we're doing the devil's work for him. Remember what God told them in Revelations 2.5. He says, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent. Remember from whence, therefore, thou art fallen. We're, they're going on. And repent. Forgive me, God. <coughs> and get back in line and feel it. This is better food than Phil served. You ate food Friday that Phil served. You're probably going to eat today because you're hungry again. This food will satisfy this food will keep you. This is eternal food. Wonderful spiritual food that will give you wisdom and that will save all the little, I don't know what they're called, don't say ducklings, whatever the little geese things are that follow you in life. You will spare their life so much. Fact three, when the lead goose <coughs> tires and you do tire, it rotates back into formation and another goose flies to the point position. That's what I'm talking about. When you tire, and you're hitting the drag all the time. You give it your all, and after a while, you just need a little break. And the next one takes it. Just rotates. They don't bicker. The one in the front said, no, this is mine till death, and they all go down. I mean, if, look, find a goose. Look at its little head and compare it to yours and say, how can you be so much smarter than me? Seriously. If a goose dies, it's no big thing. But how about you? Ministries are dying all over the place. Churches, there's, I, I, I'm pretty sure they thought, I heard that said, a thousand churches close a week. Close a week. Fighting for the front. Bickering. Pulling on each other's tail. For the, to get, he just tires. They go over for a while. And you relax in the uplift. Praise God. You dudes that don't like to worship, you're crazy. You're crazy. That's your wings of eagles. Praise Him. Worshiping you with all my head. So it says here the lesson. It pays to help with the hard tasks and to share the load. As with geese, people are interdependent on each other's skills, capabilities, unique arrangements of gifts, talents, and resources. But I said, if they all quit, Christy Fisher quits, you with the junior church, there's, there's going to be chaos, chaos. Wonderful organization, skills as a teacher, has got a master's degree, been in that schooling, education, kids all the time, every day. Chaos issue. All of it. Galatians 6.2 says, Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear those burdens. 
Man, you're just you're like, Pastor, just get behind out there for a while. Bear one another's burdens. As we continue to fly 71% further than by ourselves, this should remind you or remind us how often God is here to meet our needs through other people of God. How He'll meet our needs through other Christians. Those of us who have just me, just me and Jesus idea, they're limited in their view. They might accomplish 2% of what they were supposed to in God. That word to bear one another's burdens, to bear a burden means to put one, to put upon oneself. To put that burden upon oneself. Lots of times now as I get a little older in life, be some of these things I used to carry all the time. Some of the younger guys will know, grab them from me or grab them off of me. Take that because they know it's a burden and a weight. That's what that's talking about. It's a bear. Want to put it on yourself. Sometimes people collapse under the weight. They almost can't pray anymore. Lift them up. Bear their burden with them. Take uh, restoration. The, the army that's involved, just quit. Just quit. See what happens. It'll crash and burn instantly. Because you take on the burden of restoration and all the different integral things that must take place for it all to come to all the people, all the things, all the equipment, all the places, all the flyers, all the, all the, just stop. Galatians tells us this, as we have therefore opportunity, this is your opportunity, God has placed you in the body. Let us do good unto all men, especially upon unto them who are of the household of faith. While you have this opportunity, that opportunity means a measure of time. As I'm now in my early 60s, so the window starts to sh shrinking more than my sons who's in their 30s outside of anything weird going on. Outside of his son who's like 7, and then 30, and then my window. While the opportunity's there, God says, do it! Do it! Opportunity, a measure of time. That's why this great great word in John 9, 14 said, 9, 4 says, I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is day. I must do them. I must do them. I must work the works while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. That word, the root meaning for that word, night. The night cometh when no man can work. That root meaning for that word, the night, means to disappear. There's coming a time. It's gone. It's too late. It's over. The door of the ark is shut. It's over. The trump has sounded. While the night comes, in the midst of that, working for the Lord, I can get together with some of the guys and watch a game or play a little ping pong paintball. It's fine. I'm going to work for the Lord. We're going to do it. Fall in line 71% further than one by themselves. This one might be the most important. And that's probably bad to say. Fact four, when geese fly in the V formation, those in the rear of the formation honk. You can hear them before you see them. You can hear them just honk, 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 honk. And then you'll catch them. There they go. They believe the best of their ability. All this honking is a form and a type of encouragement to keep up the speed. Keep going. Honk! And we all know it in this walk. Sometimes you're like, man, praise God. Sometimes you're just... And Lenny or somebody can be behind you. Honk! Praise God! And you go, right, that's right. Encouraging. Not be behind me or Lenny saying, I've been waiting a long time for you to lose. Get out of my way. How we talk sometimes. Think. Reason. We need to make sure our honk is encouraging. 
It is a known fact. Listen, it is a known fact in groups uh, where there is encouragement to production is much greater. I mean, uh, my son Joe works at Avon. They had a Super Bowl party at Avon. They didn't care who was playing. They had a spread of food and everything because they knew. They know that that just been it. But cool, they would do this for us. So they know that encouragement and, and letting, that's why um, whatever his, Dave Longerberger, man, he built his stuff on seemingly like loving his people. Look what happened when he died. Encouragement. Man, it's a great basket. We thank you. We couldn't do this without you. Encouragement. Proverbs 25, 11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. Fitly means perfectly placed. Honk! Oh man, thanks. I needed that. Timely advice is what that means in New Living Translation. A word fitly spoken. Apples of gold and pictures of... And timely advice is as lovely as golden apples in a silver basket. Honk! Or when someone just doesn't have any oomph anymore, you put your hand around and say, look man, don't quit! Honk! Don't! Don't quit! Trust God! Hang in there! Not, I told you, I told you back six months ago if you did that. Proverbs 18.21 tells us death and life are in the power of the tongue. And you can do it with your horn in your car. If you're at a light for whatever reason, the person in front of you is not paying attention and the light turns green. Two minutes seems like three weeks to us in a car. Two seconds rather. And you can go, honk! You know what that means. The guy usually responds somehow to you. Or you can take the same horn, same location, same light, same amount of time, just go, ho, ho. Seriously. Death and life. Listen to what that word death means. Listen about your honk, your mouth. Death by violence. Your mouth. Sticks and stones. That's a lie, that little thing. Oh, break my bones, but words will never hurt. Forget it. I'd take a rock upside your head rather than my wife looking at me saying, you know, I should have never married you. You were the... Oh, hit me in the head with a rock, please. That is no joke. Seriously. Don't. I mean, hear those words come out of life. Death and life. Life means flowing, fresh of water, reviving, springtime. Reviving. Death and life. Honk. Speak the word into people's lives. Don't speak your opinion. Well, this is what I would do. Oh, get up and move when they start that. They say the Bible says, listen. Listen. Because the Bible has life. Words of life. Proverbs 16.24 says pleasant words. Or that word pleasant means kindness. Kindness. Words are as a honeycomb. Sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Honk! You guys always bless us. You always have taken care of us. Last year, somebody, whatever, got and you went overboard with your kindness and help with that appreciation. We sat in them chairs. Ruth wept and wept. From the kindness washed away years of hurts and disappointments and words. You'll never know. You'll never know. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Health to the bones means healing, cure. The Bible also talks about when our children do very horrible things. It's like rottenness in our bones. That's like a deep unreachable hurt. And God says kindness is like health to the bones. Isaiah 50 verse 4 says, The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He, uh, 
waketh morning by morning. He waketh uh, my ear to hear as the learned. Speak the Word of God into people's lives. Speak encouragement in their lives. Jesus loves you. Honk! That's what they're doing. They're encouraging everybody. God has a plan for your life. Honk! It's what it is. When we spoke seconds, if maybe minutes, to Amy Bernard that hardly knew her at all on her deathbed, just grabbed the ends of her hair and said, the very hairs of your head are numbered, God says. That's a honk. Then she started to honk. That's what, that, that's what that honking is. They're encouraging. Man, there are some in here that always have wonderful, encouraging words to listen to. One more. Back up. Pray, God. What I heard Daryl say this years ago, if you cannot improve on, if you cannot improve on silence, then don't talk. I've said this over and over and over, and I'll just say it again. All of you could be hacking on me and chewing on me. And it's not that it doesn't hurt or bother me. But my wife looks at me and says, you can do it. I'm gone, man. I'm going. That's all I need. That's all I need is the approval of my God and my wife. Words. Words. Lesson five. When a goose gets sick, wounded, or shot down, the enemy takes his shots. Bam! One of us go down into the bushes. Down on her. When a goose gets sick, wounded, or shot down, two geese drop out with it. This is absolutely amazing. They drop out of formation and follow it to help it and protect it. A goose will charge you. I mean, he'll come after you. And he really will. They say, they'll stay there until that goose either dies or is able to fly again. Then they will launch up and will join with another formation or catch up with the flock for whatever reason. One just can't seem to go on, can't get over a certain thing, <laughs> can't fly, and they get sick, and they just two go. That's what this altar's for. And then he's sitting there, Spirit of God's moving on him. Say, man, go look up so-and-so. Take them down, pray with them at the altar. This is absolutely amazing. If we has as much sense as a geese, We'll stand by each other in difficult times. Difficult times. As well as when we are strong. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes. Two are better than one. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one, for if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? <laughs> Ruth and I do this all the time. Man, it's been cold this winter. And of course, we'll have our jammies on. And there's the bed. The bed sheet feels like you're laying in a refrigerator when you first get in it. And Ruth might be in there. Wait, 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 wait for me. So we, we get to the bed. We go, okay. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> in no time, snuggled and warm. It's like, oh, okay. And after a while, you're... When you first lay on that thing, like, gosh, it's like you're outside by yourself. So we do. We absolutely do. Just about every night. 
And that's what the word, two lay down, they will keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? Though you may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him in a three, four cold. Court is not quickly broken. Me, Ruth, and God. And we have been strained, stressed, hacked on, sawed, and it never broke. Frayed. Can we take some lessons from geese today? Fly together the way God has it. God. You know, man will do. They'll see this geese v, for, v formation. Then they'll try to reroute the DNA of geese and try to make them fly in a Z formation. Because that's what we think. This is the way church ought to be. This is the way God... Wouldn't it be cooler seeing a Z going through the sky? Then Just let God be God. He started this. He'll finish it. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Let God get in line and pull together so we can accomplish 71% more the time God comes back. 71%. They have the same mind, the same cause. Is there not a cause? To win souls for Christ in this city that God has placed us in. Get back in formation! Someone starts whispering, you could do this better in our own. Get back in! God has placed you here. No one should move you out except God. The other lesson was share the load. Do something to help. Adam's going to remind us a little bit here in a minute. Respirate. Adam, what can I do to help? Share the load. Help us pull together. Be encouraging. Honk! Adam, that was awesome! Phil, what a dinner! Great dinner! Wonderful time! Wayne was awesome! What you said to your wife was great! Honk! Be encouraging. And then the last one, care about one another. People get blown out of the air by false doctrine. Bam! They start believing something dumb. We do. We do. We go after us. Hey, can't. No, no. No, look what the Word says. Care. Let's stand, please. When I preached this years and years ago, this building didn't even exist. And I believe that this, me this message is an awesome message that God has. Trying to combat the enemy from getting us alone. And we've told you years and years, all the time through my message, I always watch those animal shows and, and what do the lions always get? The one that's straggling behind. Or they try to look for the sick one. They try to weed it out because it's lagging behind and devouring. The enemy's always trying to do that. Always trying to do that here. Always trying to blow us out of sky. Trying to get us off course. Trying to get us to bickering one another so we don't achieve and do what God has for us to do. And it starts sometimes with one stinking little thought that the enemy drops in your heart. Then he likes to water and he likes to go see me. Well, here's our opportunity to just come before God and say, God, I want to fit not in pastor's plan, in God's plan. Lord, put me in that V. It doesn't matter where you are in the V because as they rotate, you'll have your moments and then you'll go, rotate. Just keep rotating. You'll be covering all this ground for God. I do it now. When someone's bam, and there they go. I'll tell some of you, look, keep your eye on. Speak words of life. Go find them. Go look into them. Call them. Problem is, as long as a lot of you don't want bothered, that's going against the will of God. Bear ye one another's burdens. 
Bible says. So this morning, we're going to open up the altars so that you can take this lesson of the geese and have God burn it in your heart and then ask God, how can I? How can I be a part? How can I help others? Lord, others. Our altars are open. Please come down and just talk to God. Talk to the Lord.